podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hosting a get-together this fall? A dinner party, maybe? Or even a game night? Well, don't do it without Drizzly, your go-to app for alcohol delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop local stores and compare prices on beer, wine, and spirits. Then get them delivered right to your door. It's basically the ultimate hosting hack, but don't tell that to the gamers. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. The more my company grows, the harder it is to stay focused on our core product. I need to master DE&I, ESG, M&A, even how to adapt to hybrid working. The more hats I wear, the more I need Aon. They bring their whole team to the table and give me access to great minds in each discipline. So as my business grows, my knowledge expands and I see things more clearly. Better decisions. Aon. Hello guys, what is going on? Daniel Childs back here again for another show, breaking down the latest Chelsea news. Hope you're doing well. We're getting close to the weekend now, close to that Nottingham Forest game where hopefully Chelsea can make it two wins in a row. But in today's news show, we're going to be breaking down the latest reports and also announcement confirmation from Chelsea around season ticket prices and the good news for supporters. They have been frozen in price once again, uh, despite some concerns in recent months that they would be increased after the change in ownership and also the number of players we've signed, the amount being spent. That's a win for supporters. We'll go through Matt Law's piece, then the official statement, then a response from the Chelsea Supporters Trust. I also want to touch in today's new show around uh, Dujon Sterling, a Cobham graduate who will be leaving the club this summer. Before we get into any of that good stuff, if you're new around here, make sure you have notifications turned on on YouTube so you don't miss any of the content. If you do like the video, please hit that like button because it does help new people find the content. If you are listening on the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, you can get this as a podcast. Pretty much all my content uploaded in audio format. Link in the description box below. But once again, if you do tune in through the podcast, thank you once again for listening. So let's get into the reports. Uh, Matt Law broke the story in exclusive for the Telegraph earlier today that Bowley and Iqbali have frozen Chelsea season tickets um, in, a, in an act basically to keep disgruntled fans on side by freezing the price of general admission season tickets for a 12 successive year despite the club's Bowley and Clear Lake Capital owners spending 600 million on new players. Chelsea Supporters Trust wrote an open letter to Bolly and Igbali warning of irreversible toxicity between fans and the club should prices rise. Then we had the official statement from the club that said this season has not produced the results that any of us want. We know what we are working towards, but equally, we know that will require hard work, determination and commitment. We all want to see Chelsea back where we belong and to share many more winning moments together at Stamford Bridge. It explains that adult general admission season tickets have been frozen since the 11-12 season, meaning that since 2005, season ticket prices have fallen in real terms by 32%. It goes on to say that, like many other industries, Chelsea's costs have risen significantly in terms of operating Stamford Bridge and delivering match days, which have been up 31% since 2018. But they do stress equally, we are acutely aware of the rising cost of living and the impact that has on our supporters. Looking at all of these factors, the board has decided to freeze general admission season tickets for the 23-24 season. 
It does go on to explain the club needs to grow our revenue streams, including match day, to ensure we operate on a sustainable basis. We will take some time next season to review our overall ticketing strategy and approach, consulting with our fan advisory board and other key stakeholders to ensure supporters' voices are heard as we look to the future. This will include looking at the number of different price points across the stadium to ensure all our seats reflect the value and demand, alongside a review of the current approach to concessions. The club will continue to offer payment plans to spread the cost of season tickets across the season and the ticket exchange will be available for season ticket holders to offer their unused seats to season ticket holders and members and then it goes on to say the deadline for season ticket holders uh, to renew is the 2nd of June if you're on a, a payment plan uh, to finance the deadline is uh, Thursday the 25th of May so not long now then just uh, reading the Chelsea Sports Trust which I'm an, a member of um, saying here and reacting to it it is vital that there is a connection between the clubs its players and our supporters the decision to freeze tickets is a, is a step in the right direction and reflects Chelsea's commitment to make the fans proud in quotation marks referencing uh, when uh, Chelsea were taken over last year the Chelsea Supporters Trust is delighted that the club has responded positively to our representations over the past few months regarding season ticket prices we have campaigned vehemently that prices should be frozen to reflect the impact of the cost of living crisis. Over the past few months, the CST has held various meetings with club officials and board members where we set out our position. We note the increase in corporate areas and will remain in dialogue with the club to protect the interests of all supporters on this issue. In some ways, this is a win. I think it is a win just generally. I think we have to take it in terms of just generally the cost of living crisis in the UK, the cost of going to football is a real real issue you know it's interesting to me looking at some of my other work and and, and focusing on a, a recent announcement by fortuna dusseldorf in in germany bundesliga 2 club that from next season they're piloting a scheme to basically allow people to come into the stadium for free um and their, their justification for that is an increase in revenue from sponsorship and although that is highly unlikely for clubs of chelsea stature and many clubs to live off that it does reflect you know given the the financial gap between the premier league and also these other leagues across europe and the value in supporters and the value from going to stanford bridge i mean if we just talk kind of a, a blanket thing of, of looking at what supporters have got for their money this season and based on what they expect based on the level of investment we have seen and based on the supposed quality of this chelsea squad and the quality of the coaching staff so on and so forth it's been nowhere near that. Now, that doesn't mean that we stop supporting the club because, you know, the value on the pitch isn't good enough. That's obviously, you know, a, a simplification of what supporting a football club is. Part of our famous song for the sun and rain supporting Chelsea, you know, that that is the case for every football supporter. You have to deal with the ups and downs. But I think it would have been a real slap in the face after what has been a diabolical season of so much mismanagement, so many errors, so many difficult days watching Chelsea and a real chaos around the club, more so than recent years, which is saying a lot when we're talking about Chelsea Football Club, to then turn around to supporters in what is, when we look at the financial situation, not only in the UK, but you know, just focusing on the UK here, uh, a cost of, of living crisis. So it's important, and, and we speak so often for me on this channel and, and others do as well, about that connection that you have to have. Uh, between supporters particularly it is so challenging at bigger clubs because there is that kind of natural distance that you you don't have say a, a league two club where you do have that sense of community and that is a real difficult thing when you are considered or want to be perceived as a global brand I think it's important that supporters feel that connection and particularly when you know 
you have Bowley and, and Igbali and, and you, you have these kind of um, declarations. They want to make the fans proud. In recent weeks, it's felt like Bowley has been speaking more and more to, to people, everyone except Chelsea supporters, which I've said I think is a problem. And I would like to see a very much a direct communication if they want to have a direct communication with supporters at the end of this season to outline what that vision is. It says, we know what we want to do. We know what our vision is. Well, what is it? What you know, I think some sort of direct message to Chelsea supporters for official channels, I think would just be a smart move because at the moment I'm hearing a lot of secondhand comments from Bowley at, you know, private meetings uh, to, to the likes of Gary Cottrell walking out of a restaurant. That's just, I, I think, in what is a difficult you know season, I would like to see that direct communication, whether it happens or not, is out of my control. But I think it, it would be an important step. But I do think this is a good step and, and is one that has been met with relief and, and positivity. And hopefully, and it actually was mentioned by Matt Law and, and sort of referenced that Maurizio Pochettino has apparently stressed this and, and feels it's important because as an ex-Spurs coach coming in with that potential apprehension amongst some supporters for him coming in and becoming Chelsea head coach, and particularly after a difficult season, one of the key things that he is going to have to do and what Chelsea are going to have to do, and I've said this in my match reviews, make Stamford Bridge a nice place again. Make it a place that isn't this kind of hub of dis discontent and toxicity where everyone feels miserable walking out of that ground every single week um, or every other Saturday. That needs to be something that is going to have to be rectified. And part of that is down to coaching. Part of that is good recruitment. But also, I think fans feeling like they are connected and feeling like the club values their opinions. And I think on this front, it's a big front. You know, when you can you contrast our prices to Arsenal and Spurs, um, the fact that they are lower, I guess that is a positive. Um, so those are my thoughts on it. Let me know yours, you know, if you are a season to get older. If you're someone who's not, who you know, who would like to become a season to get older or is a member, likes to go to games, let me know your opinions on this in the comments below. A quick story here, uh, because this isn't a player that's been much in our minds this season and hasn't played barely any senior Chelsea football, but I think is a player that I've been following for several years and will be making a move, and that is Dujon Sterling, who is going to join Rangers on a free transfer. This is re reported today by Nizar Kinsella in the London Evening Standard. The Chelsea have given the 23-year-old the green light to move to Ibrox on a long-term contract in the summer. Sterling has overcome a mystery illness that threatened his career in recent years and leaves Chelsea after 15 years at the club. He impressed on loan at Stoke in the Championship this season, following spells on loan with Blackpool, Wigan and Coventry. Sterling was, was a player that I sort of looked at as, as a potential, you know talent that could be used in the first team squad never I, I never felt that he was you know just walk into the first team but someone again of the Trevor Chalaber ilk or maybe Lewis Hall you could look at examples where they offer value and good backup within the squad where you don't have to go out and spend x number of uh, of pounds to to bring in someone who maybe isn't as good I mean the Mark career example this season sort of looks like another kind of failed experiment and, and a proof that maybe an Ian Matson could have done a better job in his place couldn't have done much worse based on performances and, and I think that, that that's the shame that for Sterling it hasn't worked out I do want to reference that my my good friend Adam Newsom when he's working at football.london did a great interview with Dujon Sterling last year I'll find it and I'll put the link in the description box below on YouTube please go and read it it's a really fascinating insight and it goes into that illness that he suffered that could have completely derailed his career but he has got good level championship football over the past two seasons and I'm intrigued to see him going over to Rangers uh, where other young English talents like uh, you know I've seen Todd Cantwell go over there recently 
uh, from Norwich who has sort of lost his way there and I, and I think for Sterling it's I think it probably is a decent level of football maybe the chance of some European football as well and I think he'll probably make a, a good career like a lot of Cobham graduates do even if they aren't playing at the elite elite level um, there, there's a reason our kind of our, our academy produces so many good particularly EFL level players and maybe Premier League level players in the future so I, I, I wish Sterling the best I, I think for him it makes a lot of sense particularly with the Malo Gusto situation I think if Malo Gusto wasn't signed then there may have been a route for Sterling to return to Chelsea and provide backup to Rhys James. He can even play right centre-back. He's proven quite versatile. He played kind of across a, a back five uh, for Neil Critchley at Blackpool last season, where at times he was playing on the left. He is predominantly more on the right side, so I think he would like to be competing with Rhys James probably. But even under Thomas Tuchel that pre-season um, before, before last season when he played kind of as a right centre-back too. So um, wish him all the best. And maybe this is a sign actually of the start of the Cobham exodus that I think is going to happen this year a bit like in 2021 because Chelsea need to make up money and as we saw in 2021 under the previous ownership sometimes the quickest route to doing that is through exciting young talent is through I know this is obviously a free transfer rather than you know the end of his contract rather than getting a fee but I you know I think he will maybe be put in a list the beginning of a list where we see the likes of say a Conor Gallagher move on because the club know that there are suitors out there and you can get a decent fee that goes straight into your pocket so even though this isn't going to kind of massively impact that for Chelsea I do think maybe it's the sign and the start of, a, of another Cobham exodus, which could be a shame, but maybe it's just the harsh reality of the current situation. Let me know your thoughts on this in the comments below. But that is it for today's show. We're still awaiting the Mauricio Pochettino kind of breakthrough. I don't know if it's going to happen this week. Um, it, as we know, things can change very quickly in terms of that, but... Hopefully we get it soon because we are now reaching the final few fixtures of the season. And I do think it's important that Chelsea announce Pochettino before the end of the season. Get that announced and we have the final farewell to Frank Lampard against Newcastle. And then we can move into the summer feeling excited because, you know, it's, it's about getting Pochettino into the situation and into discourse with, say, Lampard and Bowley and, and, and the, the sporting structure in, in the club to start to plan for what is going to be a big summer and in a big season. Follow me on Twitter at Son of Chelsea and I'll see you again very soon. All the best. Podcast Network.